Hey, it's Andy. Quick note about the quality of the sound in this particular episode. I just want to say that we did not record in our normal studio because it was unavailable to us. We were in a much more open area, and unfortunately, the sound quality isn't 100% what we like it to be. So I just wanted to give you that little disclaimer ahead of time. Also, we have a special guest this episode, so I hope you guys enjoy that. Have fun with this episode. This, this must be a nightmare. Those eyes. It's like looking in the eyes of the Diablo. Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their thirties talk about anime. Wait, what? 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 I'm to- I'm totally a Josh. Uh, all right. I'm I would con- admit to that. <laughs> okay, I'm uh-huh. not a Josh. Okay, I'm a little confused, but carry on. I'm Thurk. I'm Thurk. I'm Thurk. Uh, where's Gee. Josh? We have Andy. Hey, hey, hey! He's not doing the intro right. I'm not doing the intro right. There's no nicknames. Oh, why is there no nicknames? Serious episode. Oh, all oh, right. We almost cried. Yeah, very serious. Okay. Very serious. All right. Also, Bill. Hey. Wubble wubble dub dub. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> That's confusing. That was going to be my thing. Not, no, no. That is not your thing. Hey, guys. We're back. And uh, we're here for episode 12. And we're actually in the recording... Table. Table? Not quite the studio? <laughs> we're at our game table. We're at our game table. It's true. We're going to play some Dungeons and or Dragons tonight. That's not what's happening. Good, because I didn't prepare anything. Oh, good. But we're not gaming. No, we are talking about anime. <laughs> God damn it. And not just any anime. Boo. But Trigun. What's Yay. Trigun? <laughs> uh, but before we get to episode 12, which is the episode Diablo, we need to introduce someone. That's Spanish for end boss. That is not can't. No, you don't. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, Thurk. Hi. Who are, who are you and why are you on our show? I'm... Thurk, and I'm here because I was asked to be. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but aside from that... Uh, didn't have anywhere better to be on St. Patrick's Day. That's true. That is true. Uh, so, which I could smell your St. Patrick's whiskey all the way from over here. Um, that's not a St. Patrick's thing, probably, right? Is it? No. No, no. I just made I mean, up. Jameson's is an Irish whiskey. There we go. Is that what you're drinking? No. Oh. <laughs> I drink bourbon. Okay, fair enough. We've talked about you on the podcast before. Uh, say hello to the audience. Just give us a little bit about yourself. Anything interesting. Maybe you could talk about your history with anime. That's one of the first things we always ask the people who are on our show. Uh, what do you think of anime? What's your history background with it? Tell us about yourself. So, my name is Thurk, and my first anime experience long time ago, I think, was probably when Bill made me watch Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yeah. Oh, because I remember he threw the pipe at you. Was that because of Vampire Hunter D? It yes, was. It was. It okay, was. someone tell that story, because I wasn't actually there for the pipe throwing. Bill? There wasn't like... a lot to the story. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors were renovating. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of PVC pipe laying yep. outside. Yep. This was, what, high school? Early high school? Yeah, yeah. Freshman year, maybe? Uh, freshman, sophomore. It was either freshman year or the summer afterwards. Yeah. I found a piece that was roughly the right size to be a bladed boomerang like Regancy had. <laughs> because Regancy was my favorite character. It's true. Thurk! Found a long pipe that was about the size of Dee's sword. And we decided to do the scene where Regancy throws the pipe at Dee, <laughs> who deflects the boomerang away. Yeah. This is definitely a freshman of high school sort of story. You can tell already this is a, not going to go anywhere good. See, the crazy thing is, he threw the boomerang at me, and it worked. <laughs> I deflected it, and it flew off into the distance. Being young men as we were, we were so excited, we just had to do it again. Oh, mistake number three in this situation. <laughs> okay. Instead of throwing it underhanded like I did the first time, which is what he did in the movie, 
I threw it overhanded oh, so I get a little God. better power. Which the power wasn't the problem. The rotation of the spin was the problem. Yeah. Because it was spinning in the opposite direction. When I tried to deflect it in the same way, it caught the sword, wrapped around, and hit me end on right between the eyes. Oh. <laughs> so it didn't knock your eye out, did it? No, no, no. It left a circular cut in his forehead. Yes, which we then drew things in. Well, the moment he just grabbed his face and went down, and I was like, oh no, I took his eye out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we weren't wearing safety glasses. Well, of course, D and Regancy never wore them. Right. Uh, but then I saw what actually happened, and I laughed. <laughs> and As then, did I. Yeah, and then you saw it, and you laughed. And we spent the next two or three weeks drawing things in the circle. My favorite was the reboot symbol. Yes. yes. That was my favorite. Yes. Uh, so so Vampire Hunter D was your first anime. Do you have, you have a particular anime that you really enjoy, or you think is like your favorite anime? Um, or that you hate. Or that you hate, because that's a thing that we talk about in this podcast. I don't have an anime that I hate. There really? is one... Well, there are some of them that are terrible, but I won't talk about that. <laughs> we do. I do. <laughs> I was well, like, you do. I-, I wouldn't watch Excel again. Probably. Oh, God damn it! Excel's so great! Though, it does bring back good memories of when we watched it way back when. That's true. It was fun. It was a fun thing to watch. There is an anime that I watched probably the first four episodes of on the Sci-Fi Channel had their, their Saturday Night Anime thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was called Toko. Okay. And it was your basic teenagers get powers, fight demons, close portals thing. Okay. But then they stopped playing it. I'm not sure if it was a licensing thing or if that was the only six episodes. Stuff that they had that... dubbed or Exactly. Whatever. I'm thinking that's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. But I've not been able to find it since. Huh. That one is... My, I don't know what you'd call it, but the one I want to finish watching. Yeah, yeah. My actual favorite anime that I've seen is one that I can never remember the name of, but Bill will help me. It's the one with Robot Hunter or something. Oh, Kashan Robot Hunter. That one. I love that one. And, but <laughs> once again, it's been a long time since I've watched them. I don't watch a lot of anime. Okay. I do love the new Voltron. New Voltron yes. is fantastic. Yes, which, again, absolutely. is that very much anime-inspired, I think, right. in yes. its style. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's very good. It very, is. very good. It's awesome. Absolutely. So you haven't check, if you haven't checked that out, go watch the new Voltron. It's worth it. They've the, rebooted and the toys Vol- are awesome. Yeah, the toys are really neat. You know, you have the toys there. They combine well. Each individual lion is unique and looks really good and has a lot of really good movement articulation. We, we freaked out because it knows what limbs are attached. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's smart. I think that's that's awesome. And if you know that anime or know where to find that anime that Thurk is talking about, be sure to let us know in the comments of this episode or shoot us a, an email over at tuningjapanese at gmail.com or uh, you can check us out and let us know on Facebook or Twitter at tuningjapanese or facebook.com slash tuningjapanese. So uh, we'd appreciate that. Before we get into our actual review of episode 12 of Trigun Diablo... Let's talk about some nerd news, shall we? And I have to go first for once. I know that's usually what Josh does, (gasps) but I'm going first this time because he's not here. So, fuck him, my turn. Um, (laughs) Language positive. Sorry. I want to talk about the news in video gaming right now. Mass Effect? No. Oh. The Nintendo Switch. Oh. <laughs> oh, the, the, I, don't, I don't like that response. <sighs> so salty. Um, so <laughs> Nintendo, much salt. Yes, Nintendo. Early March released finally their much That's awaited, <laughs> their much awaited new console, the Switch. And for those of you who have been living under a rock, or maybe don't pay much attention to video games, I'm sorry, um, that's you. The Nintendo Switch is a system where the gimmick is, you can play it on the go like a Nintendo DS or Game Boy, but you could also play it on your TV like a traditional console. And it obviously will end up with a library of very Nintendo-esque games, and hopefully, uh, if they play their cards right... Interesting third-party games and, and independent games as well. Uh, I had the opportunity to pick up a Nintendo Switch on the weekend of its launch. I didn't get one on the Thursday night going into Friday, but uh, a friend of mine who runs a GameStop gave me a message and said, Hey, I've got a pre-order that didn't go through. They don't want it. Do you want it? And I said, Yes, and I got it immediately. And I will tell you, I do not regret my choice. It is fantastic. Everything, all the negativity that I've heard about the Switch... I have not experienced really myself. The Joy-Cons are literally a joy. I love them. I think that the idea... Yes, they're called Joy-Cons. That's the name of their controllers. That's the little things that hook onto the side that you can take off. They're Joy-Cons. That's what they're named, Bill. Bill's as in, as me... in like a Decepticon? That's kind of. But like like, like a Care Bear meets a Decepticon. 
That sounds terrifying. <laughs> Yikes. It's amazing. So the way the way the system works is you can play it the handheld, just like a regular, like, the best way I could describe it is like kind of like Vita or something like that. It's got that long screen the, with the buttons, obviously, on each side. Okay. But you can click those off, and you can put the system on as a kickstand, just kind of set it on a table, or dock it to your TV. And you can play literally just with the, the two, like, kind of small Wii-type Remotes or the Joy Cons, if you want. I know. I was trying. I was trying to come up with a description to describe them. Sorry, Bill. Um, Or you can hook them into a controller. People were complaining that the controller you hook it into just doesn't feel right ergonomically. I think it feels fine. I think it feels great. Uh, And I have big hands, so like I really enjoy that. You can get a Pro controller. I understand why people are complaining. The Pro controller is seventy dollars. It's too expensive. Yeah, that is. But it it, it is. What does it do besides hold the things? Well, no, that's 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 the Pro controller. So if you don't like what came with it, the the, the grip that comes with it, the play with the Joy-Cons, you could buy a traditional controller. Also, oh, it's an entirely separate it, controller. That's, a, that's oh, something separate. Okay. That's something you can get outside of it. So you, it okay. comes with the Joy-Cons and the dock that you can play with like a regular controller. Right. And some people are complaining about that, but it feels fine in the hands. It really does. I love the just the kind of duality of the way you can play it. Breath of the Wild, I talked about in the bonus episode. Check that out at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese if you want to hear my kind of full comments and details about Breath of the Wild. Uh, I love that game. It's a great launch title. It's one that has got me just constantly picking up the system anytime I can. The battery life, you know, they complain about the battery life being really low for the handheld. I haven't had that much of a problem with that. I've gone to bed and played for a couple hours and still had plenty of battery life left. The sleep mode is really good on the handheld. You can put it into sleep mode and it doesn't really eat away much of the battery life in sleep mode at all. Overall, it seems like a fairly solid system. And the one thing that I'm really looking forward to the most, aside from the really cool Nintendo games that are going to be coming out for it, so like the new Mario, I'm sure there's going to... I mean, they they're redid uh, Mario Kart 8 with a whole bunch of added... They added Battle Mode, finally. Aww. And they added more items and more characters and more maps. So I'm looking forward to rebuying that again. <laughs> that's how Nintendo is with me. I'm going to do that. Fanboy. I am a fanboy. And <laughs> I think that... I think the one selling point for me with the Nintendo Switch is the games, the indie games that I would normally play on my PC, I can now download them and play them on my, instead of buying them on like PlayStation 4, I can buy them on the Switch, and then I can take it on the go. So like, I Am Setsuna, that Josh was talking about a couple times in the past. He was streaming it, yeah. He was streaming it too. That's on the Switch right now. I could just buy it on the Switch, I could stream it on there if I want, I could take it on the go and play it other places outside of just having it at home. I have one question about yes, the Switch. Yes, absolutely. I've heard that there's performance issues when you dock this thing on the television. I have had that happen one time so far. Okay. It's only happened once, and it just happened the other day. It was the first time it's ever happened. And I, I've probably logged maybe close to 15, maybe 20 hours on Breath of the Wild already. Okay. And this is the first time it's ever happened. I actually got into a place where I was I was up on a high ledge. I was coming down uh, where there was a whole bunch of, of monsters uh, in this one particular zone, and when I was walking up a staircase toward this huge group of monsters, I did have a random, weird, laggy moment. Uh, and it was okay. the only time it's happened. And you were you were docked playing on and television? And I was docked playing on television. Okay. I do think that, yes, it actually does run smoother on the handheld. Okay. And I think the reason is the dock is just literally... Well, there's not any hardware in the dock. All yeah. it is is it's got the HDMI and the power thing. And all the hardware is in the handheld yes. device itself, the screen. Well, mm-hmm. when you're playing in the handheld mode, it... Uh, renders in 720p, mm-hmm. and when you dock it, it renders in 1080. Yes. So it is more so stressful. So on it's the more machine. stressful on the machine, absolutely yeah. too. So I'm looking forward to what it is, what they come out with as far as games. People were complaining. Well, there's not a lot of games at launch, but they had about 10 games that you could download at launch. That's not a bad. Which launch. is not a bad launch. And if you think like even Wii U for a Nintendo yeah, console. I mean, yeah, I mean. You had, you know, some third-party titles. Every week they put new stuff out. They've got, like, one featured one coming up each week. They, mm-hmm. Like, this Friday, The Binding of Isaac came out. Like, a special edition of that or whatever. Okay. They released a whole bunch of Neo Geo games. You know, like, uh, okay. King of Fighters and, really? uh, the, what's the, Metal Slug and stuff like that that you could download. So you're getting, like, some of that stuff and some indie stuff is kind of sprinkling in as we go through. So, like, you're, you're getting consistently... Like, one really kind of more interesting game, and then they throw a bunch of surprises at you. Like, you never know what kind of retro thing or anything they're going to get you. So, like, there is already a lot of good stuff on there. Splatoon 2 is coming out. I didn't get a chance to play Splatoon 1. I'm going to play Splatoon 2. They've got uh, already an event coming up next weekend where you can test Splatoon 2. You can basically download the demo and play multiplayer online for free for the whole weekend. 
Uh, so it's a good way to kind of get people excited about it. I am super stoked, if you can't tell, about the Switch. <laughs> and I will probably continue to be playing Legend of Zelda for at least a couple more months, two, three months, because it's the game is massive and a ton of fun. And I'll probably switch to I Am Setsuna and go from there. So so it's it's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We talked about it in the bonus episode a little bit, like your sourness, and that's just because you yeah. you don't have one. I'm, I'm jelly. Yeah. I'm jelly. Well, I mean, I'll we'll get to play together. And I'm sure. I mean, I'll, I'll I'm going to be picking up at some point the one two switch, so that way we can play around with the mini games, the tech demo, as you kind of called it, Bill. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Really, really. really I, I'm interested to see the high def Rumble packs. Yes, from what I've heard, because again, I haven't really played a game. Zelda doesn't really have a lot of that implemented into that game. Mm-hmm. There is some Rumble, obviously, as part of it. Yeah, like it, literally one of the games in one two switch. You're supposed to be able to move the controller around. It's supposed to simulate a number of like marbles inside of a box. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to be so intricate that you could actually move the controller around and be able to discern. That's the point of the game is to yeah. guess yeah. how many marbles are in the box. Yeah, you, you can be able to discern because of how intricate it is the the number of marbles. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I, I cannot wait to continue to just play this console to, to death. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's my nerd news. I apologize. I went on a little long there. Um, you'll fix that in editing, right? There. I sure will. All right. There's news coming out about Iron Fist. Ah, that comes out today, wasn't it? As we're recording, I think the, this Friday. It was the about the 17th. Yeah. Are you talking, uh, are, are you talking oh, 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 the TV show. The Netflix right. TV show. Yeah. I think okay. it's today. I think as the day we recorded, it's out. I kind of fell behind. I didn't watch Luke Cage yet. That's the only one I have I not watched, watched that, and I actually didn't finish the one before that. Daredevil 2? No, the, the girl. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. So I did not finish that one. Jessica Jones was really good. It had a great ending. Yeah, well, I mean, March seventeenth. So yeah, so. as of today, yep, Iron Fist is released. Yep. So far, the reviews are not good. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, even last week, the early reviews were coming in that it was really. Not, I was going to talk about that last week, and then I got uh, sidetracked by surveillance microwaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this could be the first uh, kind of miss for Marvel here on the uh, Netflix front. Yeah, yep, that's what it sounds like. What are what are some of the critiques? Looks like it's very familiar. They're saying that it's it shares a lot with Batman Begins. Oh. Which I don't think is necessarily its fault because this was the Iron Fist story. Mm-hmm. If anything, you could say that Batman Begins sort of uh, nicked a little bit from Iron Fist. Really? The comics, that is. So it's more, it's, it's going to feel more origin-y rather than... Him actually fighting, or I believe so. Yeah, okay. I think you know he shows up back in New York. You see what what was going on with him. Mm-hmm. They don't have a real strong villain. Who is? Do we know who the villain is? Do we want to spoil that? Is that a spoiler? Who was his main villain in the comic books? I don't remember. Silver Serpent was the big one, which was the name okay. of the heroine they were dealing in Daredevil. The old oh. Chinese lady, the Mother yeah. Crane, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Is who she's supposed to be, yeah. Looks like he's going to be fighting the the Hand, mostly, and the people that run the Rand Corporation. What's the Rand Corporation? He's a little batman in and he's rich. Okay. He's okay. rich, his parents died, he thought he was dead, uh-huh. he trained in martial arts. Okay. And then he comes, back to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he comes back to take back his company that is being run by, presumably, the people that killed his parents and tried to kill him. Okay. If you're listening out there and you want to let us know your review or your thoughts generally about that, let us know. Send us an email or send us on something on Facebook or Twitter and we'll, you know, maybe read your comment on the show. So, uh, I do plan to watch it. Absolutely. I do too. And I, I think I'll probably watch Luke Cage first eventually. I'll probably wait. It'll probably be sometime over the summer. I eventually get to Iron Fist, but yeah, I haven't um, finished Luke Cage yet. Yeah, I haven't started Luke Cage yet. I want to. I want to definitely get into that. I feel like so. Luke Cage was really good, except for it just sort of dropped off. It was exactly opposite of Jessica Jones, where it was sort of a weak start, and then it yeah. became really good. Yeah, Thurk, do you have any news this week? Uh, I have one semi-item of news that I would like to talk about. Sure, go for it. PlayStation <laughs> Four has yes. just received a software update. Oh, is this the uh, point, uh, 4.5? 4.5. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I saw that, and I think I read, I kind of glanced at an article, but I didn't pay that much attention. Why is this such a big deal? It creates a lot of performance fixes and such like that. Yeah, yeah which they normally do with yeah. updates. One thing that everyone is complaining about is they've changed the way notifications work. Yeah, I don't like the. I also do not like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. So they're basically all in one folder now, and mm-hmm. it's hard to see the notifications that you would like to see. Exactly. That's bad. The good thing is that now with my crappy 250 gigabyte hard drive in my PlayStation, I can now add an external hard drive as long as it's plug and play. Yeah. And it is less than 8 terabytes, Mm -hmm. and it is a freshly formatted drive, which means you can't have anything on the drive. Plug it in, and the PlayStation will handle everything else. I'm surprised it took them that long. Nintendo's Wii U did that from launch. Xbox Um, has done that. Yeah. 
once the Xbox is a Microsoft product, they've got the freedom right. to do that. From they the do. They have the the kind of that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we do that with the Wii U because. You know, the one unfortunate thing about the Wii U, the biggest unfortunate thing, was, like, its small hard drive capacity. So we had so many games downloaded that we started putting, we had a, uh, a plug a plug-in external that we used. We put, like, Donkey Kong, uh, Tropical Freeze, and a couple other games mm-hmm. on there. Games that were downloaded on there ran super smooth. Yeah. So have you had a chance to try it yet? I have not yet. Okay. I'm still cherry-picking through the external hard drives that I'm looking at, but right. I'll be picking one up soon, and... Maybe I'll send you an email. Yeah, let me know because I'm curious. I'm really curious as to like how smooth it plays games, especially Mm -hmm. PlayStation 4, where you think like this is like high performance Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Like if it's going to play it with any slowdown being from an external. Yeah. Uh, Well, one of the other requirements is that it, the hard drive cannot be connected through a hub. It has to be connected directly to the PlayStation. Okay. One thing I'm concerned about is if you're charging your controllers through the USB ports, yeah. that's going to eat up one of those USB ports. That's true. So you're going to want to get a larger hard drive to do it. Can you charge the USBs through a hub? It just charged, so you shouldn't be able, you should oh, be able you can, to. You can charge your controllers through a hub, yes. Yeah, so. You could do it that way. Is, um, is PlayStation 4, is that, uh, USB 3.0? Yes. Okay, so that's good at least. So that way if you get like a hard drive that, it's not chugging but it has to be USB three compatible. Okay. The okay. the hard drives do. I forgot to mention that. Right. So it probably runs just fine. I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's my tiny piece of nerd news. Well, I like that. No, that's about. that's a good that's a good piece of nerd news. Thank you for contributing. Uh, so let's get into it, guys. Oh. Let's get into it. Let's let's talk about some anime. I am so excited. Let's, let's get serious. Let's, I am a dude. I we, am in my thirties. Yeah. I'm about yep. to talk about anime. Yeah. Welcome to the fold, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even mention like the fact of why Josh is gone. Do we care? No. Episode 12 of Trigun Diablo. We open with an amazing shadowy shot of a guy with, I just have to say, really great abs. Uh, <laughs> doing crunches. Those were abs? I thought those were oranges set in a row. <laughs> no, it was, it was like, he had like a 16 pack. It was pretty amazing. Uh, so surrounding him are what appear to be bullet casings? Sure. I would agree. And it looks like, looks like bullet casings and trash and all kinds of stuff all around. I want to just note before we get any further. That of all of the Trigun episodes, I feel like this episode has the best and I think most elaborate moments of animation. I think that stylistically, they really went all out on this one. And I think as we'll talk about as we get further onto the episode, they almost had to like put a lot of focus on this one because this is a turning point episode. The earlier stuff was a lot of it very goofy. You know, you had obviously some, some very good storytelling which is one of the trademarks of this anime. Some good two-parters, some always calling back to, you know, and building upon the story. But this really gets to where I think we see a tonal shift, where there's still humor, but there's going to be a lot less of it yeah. going forward. I, I do want to, I did want to mention the, the art style in this one. Just they, they went all out. They really took their time, I think, on this episode. And I think maybe they knew they could because the following episode was a clip episode. Uh-huh. Um, so they, they had a little extra time going in to maybe... Give this one a little extra. Does that mean our next episode is a clip episode? <gasps> Maybe. Tune in next week to find out. Dun, dun, dun. We still got lots and lots of uh, bonus content from the Excel season. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> we do. Uh, so we I get tend to drink and say things. That's that's <laughs> you drink and you make fun of things. That's what you do. There's a flash of lightning outside of a window in the room, and a man with a strange high collar and shoulder pads really bitching shoulder pads, is staring at him and apparently catches this dude by surprise. He asks something along the lines of, like, have you been just standing there staring at me this whole time? And the guy says, yeah. The whole time, apparently. It's been 20 years. Apparently, right? (laughs) Hopefully not the whole time. Like, literally the whole time. The guy says, yeah, and then the guy with the amazing abs says, well, that's kind of creepy. Apparently this guy's been stuck in the cellar, like you said, for 20 years. Right. Which is a long time. Now, you know, he says, just stand there staring at the guy. Right. And he says he's stuck, and he's in a cellar, but there's a window, a very large window behind the guy. And you also notice that, that yeah. like, it's not like a little cellar window where it's like, you know, right yeah. up at the top. It's like right behind him at floor level. I think he's not stuck physically. I think he's stuck duty bound. You think so? It's kind of my understanding. Because even when later in the episode, he says something like, I can live my life now. That's true. So like, you think that this guy who's here maybe forced him? Because we don't, even when he gets to the end of the episode, I'm not like, being vague because I don't want to be spoilery for later in the episode. Even by the end of the episode, it's not necessarily clear that the guy who he's talking to is the reason why he's here. Right, um, it's not. 
So, so I don't know. It's interesting, like, this guy is here for some reason, and we don't really know 100% why. But this guy's going to let him out to do a task. Right. And that task is, he's going to go hunt someone. He even asks, you know, like, who am I hunting? And we get this really, really awesome kind of scene where more thunder rolls in, and it drowns out the guy that he's talking to. But you hear, if you pay close attention in the background, the faintest mention of Vash the Stampede. The guy is super excited. He's like, oh, this is what I've been training for my whole life. Let's do this. I totally could not hear that. Yeah, it's, when you watch it, when I watched it on Hulu, I could hear it better than when we watched it on the DVD today. Um, I don't know if maybe like the sound quality was different or something was different. Maybe yeah, the was, quality may have just not dubbed that in. That could yeah. be. It could be. Uh, something very faint. I think it was very faint. We cut to Belding's shoe store. Guys, Mr. Belding. Yeah, yeah. Zach and yeah. Slater and Jesse yes. here. I, I, I'm just waiting for next episode when we get Screech's Sunday shop. That's what I want. I want that <laughs> so bad. Screech. I'm not buying anything from Screech. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Vash is inside the shoe store getting fitted for boots, maybe? It's a little unclear. I assume he's getting his boot knife fixed. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's a good point. Like, he did get it broken when he was fighting that weird assassin guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It could be that. I guess that makes sense. But he does mention that the shoemaker does other things. Building is the Frank Marlowe of boots. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, I don't know, though, because he talks to the guy and he says... Well, I know that you do, well, I hear you would do all kinds of other things too, like he's hinting at something, like, hey, I'm also not here just for boots, I'm here for you to do something else. Which later on in the episode, the guy's got his gun, the sheriff has his gun, so I don't know if he leaves his gun there, or, or what. Um, maybe he's gonna use gun fixed by this guy? Cause he says he found evidence, and then he's got, yeah. he like points to the gun that's sitting yeah, on the desk right. later on, so. I just kind of assume they took the gun off him, cause, you know, you gotta disarm prisoners. I guess. But then it makes me wonder, like, what's the evidence? Like they said. They yeah, because they never did show what was in yeah. the bag. Yeah, the bag. Which we'll get there. That's a mysterious bag. It's a very mysterious bag. No, it's hot dogs in it, at least. Yeah, well, we knew hot dogs, but he left it there. He's like, I left a present for you. And... I want to, I just, I just came up with a theory, but I don't want to talk about it yet because we're not there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So what's remind the bag? me. And we'll, we'll get to that. So Vash is there, again, maybe getting his boot fixed, maybe getting his gun fixed. He has some sort of special request. We're not sure what it is. The shoemaker building is not thrilled with him, so you talk too much. And we get our title card. And I love this title card because instead of like the normal like guitar riff that we get, Mm -hmm. uh, we get more crashing thunder kind of setting that tone, that mood of this episode. We open then from the thundering back to a peaceful city. Are we still in May City? Have we, have we gone anywhere else since the last time? Or are we still in May City, do you think? They, they, we didn't get identification of a city name. We really didn't. I, I kind of assumed we weren't. Okay, they were maybe somewhere else. We've yeah. left, we've left May. Okay. That was my assumption. Okay. And, I, and maybe I think when we get to episode 14, maybe they, they mention finally what the city is. Cause yeah. they'll, cause obviously the, the city is, well, I don't want to spoil it, but we'll get there. I would say yes, that you're definitely in a new city. When they meet the girls, they say, oh look, it's Mr. Vash, as if they're surprised that uh, he's there. Oh yeah, that maybe, that maybe like we're, we've, we've, we've kind of done this again, like this kind of recurring sort of thing that we yeah. did in the, in the, in the series. Millie and Merrill are sitting on a bench. And they look so at peace. This is one of my favorite things about this episode. Like, there's beauty in the animation, and then there's just weirdness. Like, they're sitting, kind of slouched, and they both have their mouth open, like, completely agape. And they're just like, ah, a moment of peace and tranquility. There's no gunfire going on. There's no gunshots. It's pretty great. And I'm not sure that was good animation. I mean, I guess it was artistic choice of of drawing the more cartoony to show... Mm -hmm relaxation. Yeah. But it was very simplistic. I'm not sure. It was. Good animation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll grant you that. I think I think you're probably right there. Um, during the scene, Millie tries to talk Meryl out of having to do any work with no luck. No luck. Meryl, Meryl is at peace, but she is all about that business. Vash is sitting nearby, apparently on the opposite side of this, like, is it like a fountain or a statue? Or, I didn't really... I think it was a fountain. I think it, a fountain? it was a fountain, yes. Okay. He's sitting on another bench on the other side, admiring the blue sky. Things are way too peaceful for an episode of Trigun. Yeah, This is going to get bad soon, isn't it? Yep. Uh, he thinks back to that woman, Rem, who we talked about in an earlier episode. And he says he wants to show her the blue sky, but he says it's not possible. Perhaps this is more foreshadowing another clue into, into Vash's past? Then he gets smashed in the face with a freaking basketball. Uh, <laughs> which I love that, that scene where he gets hit with a basketball. It's like stuck to his face. Yeah, like even before it gets stuck to his face, like you just see like these this t- really toothy sort of look as it smashes him in the face. They yeah, detailed the teeth really, really well. They, they did, really did. did. That's a, one of one of my top stills from this episode. Yeah, it is pretty good. 
Uh, the kids come by like, oh shit, we just smashed this guy in the face with our ball. And Vash jumps up with the ball, like you said, suction to his face. And he starts chasing after them all, like freaking out. And says, the deadly dodgeball head! A simple technique to hold the ball in place with intense suction! Try this at home, kids! So he chases them down. Millie and Mary are like, what the hell are you doing? And we get this amazing shot of Vash with his legs all bent, really wobbly. And I'm going to, you need to post that or send that to me so I can post that on the Twitter. And his arm is wiggling and his tongue is like 10 feet long and he's balancing the ball on it. And everyone else is all like. It almost has like a, like a Mayan relief feel. Yeah. I totally, totally feel that. That's, it's totally weird. It is probably the goofiest moment in the whole episode, which we need because things are about to get extremely serious. Yeah, we get the, the form shot and then Marilyn was wondering what the hell he's doing. Fair question. Yeah. Fair question. Yeah. That's not Meryl being a bitch. That's just Meryl being like, what the hell is he doing? Any sane person would have asked that question. I think that's true. We get a flashback scene uh, where Meryl is thinking back to what happened in the last episode. If you remember back to the last episode, it's probably one of my favorites from the series. It was the one where uh, they're helping Romeo and Juliet get away. And I swear to God, you change the letters and more around. It's Romeo. Anyway, helping Moore and Julius get away. And kind of seeing that scene where Vash is showing more of a, I don't know, a cold-blooded side, where he took this sort of job to kill these people. Yeah, um, but that cold-blooded side was fake. Right, but she it still kind of lingers with her a little bit. It's the first time she really saw this Vash, I think, acting more like the man that he's rumored to be, even mm. if it was fake, which I think is going to foreshadow what we're going to see later in the episode. Right. Kind of this alternate side to it. The dark side. Yeah, basically. Um, so we get that. She seems confused. Uh, Vash offers the kids then uh, some ice cream and says to get an extra one for this quiet little girl who's like, looks homeless or something. Having she, issues. Yeah, <laughs> She's moping in front of the fountain. Yeah, she is. It, she looks really sad. And she I does. love the scene where Meryl kind of comes over and is like, hey, I got you this ice cream. Which is, again, Meryl being really sweet. And the girl just runs away. Which, again, you know, stranger danger, right. I guess. Yeah. But still, they wonder why she does that. Uh, then they play dodgeball with a basketball. Which doesn't seem very good. Seems well, painful. Bombardment. <laughs> I guess. I-, I wonder if maybe the ball wasn't recolored in the Americanization. Or maybe it was originally a soccer ball. Oh, well, he does dribble it later. Yeah. Uh, kind of like on his, on his knee, like a, like a soccer ball. That's... And actually, if you look at it closely, it kind of does look like a soccer ball. Yeah. Huh. So maybe it is a soccer ball. And soccer balls are softer. I think they're they softer are. than a basketball. They so. certainly are. Um, so I can see you using dodgeball for that. Then the piece is broken as a man walks by. The man with the crazy shoulder pads. And again, we get the scene where we see his shoulder pads and they are like spooky as shit. Like it's like, Complete on, like, skull, super detailed shoulder pad. It was super cool. Bad guy yeah. shoulder pads. Yes. Definitely bad guy yes. shoulder pads. Totally cool. We get that. We get the close-up of, and that, that kind of, like, anime trope where, like, the two characters walk by each other and it freeze frames. I love that. That's, like, my favorite anime trope. Yeah. Yes, yeah, with, like, Shh. so good. So cool. And we get this really cool purple background sort of effect as well. We also get a really cool close-up of, like, this, this a single yellow eye that the guy has. I thought that was super cool and detailed yeah. and just looked frightening. But then the the tension is lessened a little bit as he's carrying a brown bag, sits down on the park bench, and pulls out a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm wondering, okay, where, where where is this going exactly? And then we get a bit of psychic ability? A little telepathy going a little telepathy on. as he's talking to Vash. The way he gave that little girl the hot dog, the way she ate yes, it. Yes, we'll get there in a second. That was... No. That was wrong and creepy. I wonder if maybe that yellow eye was him activating his psychic powers. I think maybe. it might be. That's 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 probably true. He identifies himself as Legato Blue Summers. And Millie notices that like Vash has gotten all weird and quiet and staring off kind of blankly. Steely eyed. Yeah. And uh but Vash plays it off. He does a lot of just kind of pretending like everything's okay. Nothing's wrong, no big deal. Go back to playing. We then get a focus scene between the two and some dialogue. Uh Legato says he wants Vash's life. And he's just giving him a warning that his life will end today. This got really dark all of yeah. a sudden. Yeah. yeah there's <laughs> no playing around in this guy's voice. No. It's not like, uh, it's Brain. nothing like a brilliance dynamite yeah. neon, right? Where, yeah, he's kind of like this villain who does bad things. He's extravagant. And he's, he's got a code of honor. Right. Legato Blue Summers doesn't seem to have any code of honor. That's kind of played more upon in this next scene where he then forces that young girl like you said, to walk over to him. And you can tell she's almost, like, compelled to do so. Like, she's yeah. not doing it because she wants to. 
He gives her the hot dog. We do get a really awkward scene with her standing in front of him, kind of like holding this hot dog. You can't see the hot dog kind of in his lap anyway. Really weird. Very wrong. He snaps. He grabs her by the head, is ready to kill her. Vash turns quickly. And you get almost a comical scene. His hands up in the air. She's eating the hot dog. He's like, hands up, didn't do anything. Legato then laughs at him and says, oh, your reaction's cute. You know, like, I can't believe you actually reacted that way. That was so a better weird. reaction than I anticipated. Yeah, like, you're totally a weakling. Because yeah. um, he didn't actually grab the girl. It was an image. It was an image. He sent yeah. him an image of yeah. it. Absolutely. And he's just like, I'm not doing anything. So he gets a good laugh out of it. So this is the kind of guy we're dealing with here. Really, really fucking twisted. Probably the most twisted villain we've seen in this so far. By, yeah. I mean, easily. Potentially the most twisted villain of the series. Yeah, I, may, I think it may very well be, in all honesty. Legato then leaves the bag as a farewell gift. Uh, we never actually see what's in the bag. What's in the bag? But immediately following, the shoemaker's wife runs up and claims that her husband has been murdered. That she, no matter what she does, he won't talk to her. So, here's my theory and how twisted this could be. He's eating a hot dog. You can't really tell what's in between the buns. Did he cut out his tongue? And was I don't he, think was so. he, was he eating like the, the, the shoemaker's, the shoemaker, yeah. Was he eating the shoemaker's the sho- tongue? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so either. That, okay. that maybe I think he was just eating a hot dog. Okay. Because well, then, 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 then not to, again, steal. A hot dog just a hot dog. Okay. But then not to steal the line from the movie again, but what's in the bag? If he was eating the shoemaker's tongue, then that means he also made the little girl eat the shoemaker's tongue. Because he gives her the hot dog. That's she true. Walks, she walks away with the hot dog. I thought it was a different hot dog. Was it a different hot dog? I don't know. It might be. One. But either way, so what's in the bag then? We don't ever find out what's in this bag. Well, like you said before, with Vash's gun. Mm-hmm. Potentially it was Vash's gun. Maybe oh. it got left there and they... That's was something that tied Vash to the scene of the crime. That could be. That could be. Do you think that the people saw Legato at all? Because, like, because if that is the case, wouldn't they have seen this guy walk up, this really crazy, like, shoulder pad guy with it? Or is no one, is, is he able to use his, his psychic powers to, like, make people forget he was there? To use his obfuscate power, like, uh. Yeah, like, like a, vampire? A, like a vampire. Yeah, something like that, so. Yeah, I think it's totally possible. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just wonder because, like, I figure this peaceful town, a guy looking like that, should, I think, garner some looks, but he doesn't garner any looks at right. all. Yeah. And even Millie's just kind of like, what are you, what are you, what are you all bothered about? And I don't think she even sees him. It, it never occurred to me, but. Yeah, I think maybe that's true. Yeah. Know? He's, uh, hiding his presence from everybody. Yeah. And Millie is very astute, so. The sheriff then blames Vash. Uh, and Millie and Merrill are not happy about this. Vash goes to jail. He has Vash's gun. Like I said, perhaps that's the evidence in the bag. Perhaps that was what was left behind the shoemaker's shot. Possibly. We don't know. Yeah, we really don't or, know. you know, at all what the evidence was. He says he has evidence that kind of ties Vash to it. I guess, at the very least, Vash was there that day. Yeah. So... You know, maybe that in itself could. Maybe Vash had left his gun so the shoemaker could make him a holster. Maybe. But leather, leather work. So well, it makes, it means it's where my dad got his holster made. Really? At a shoe shop? Yeah, there used to be a uh, cobbler in the, in South Park Hall. In South, oh, I remember that. Next to Orange Julius. Is that the guy who, doesn't, isn't there one downtown Moline? I think it's the same guy. Is that the same guy? It might be. But yeah, he had him make a huh. holster and a belt for his I did gun. not know that. That is really cool. We do get a scene of Vash in the jails, and we get, again, a really awesome visual. He's locked up. You, you get, like, this kind of dark, shadowy sort of thing. You kind of look through the bars. You can kind of see a shadowy kind of side of his face. You can see the, the chains holding his arms, the red jacket. This looks really cool in the shadows. Really super awesome look. Uh, we get a flashback then with a strange man calling to Vash while he's sitting next to a dead man. But he's really calling about it. He's like, oh, hey, Vash, how's it going? Really kind of creepy. It's like Vash is... Running something through his head. Right. Something from his past is resurfacing, and he, it's got him worried to the point where he's a completely different man. So much so that when Mer- uh, Millie and Meryl come in to check on him, we get this really creepy look of Vash with like these demonic yellow eyes. Yeah. I think it was just one eye. I think it was. It, it, was. I think it was one. Yeah. One, one eye glowing in the darkness. Right. And I don't know if that was just an effect I think of the it was light. Blue. Not yellow. Okay. Yeah, his were blue. Okay. And I don't know if that's the fact of the light or if that's something more supernatural because I think he's expecting someone bad to come in. Yes. Well, but in reality, that. it's just well, Millie and Merrill. And then so like the next like, scene. Oh, yeah, no, I. Yeah. Then the frankly be you. Yeah. So yeah. like then the very next scene, he's back with his normal eyes. So I don't yeah, know if it's like something supernatural. Well, th- we've seen him with those eyes twice now, I think, right? I think this is the first time we see it. Okay. We see it later. Well, yeah. both times we see it is when Vash is no longer happy go lucky Vash. That's true. Both times that you see that is him being the stampede. But you're saying, is it real? Mm-hmm. 
or is it shorthand by the animators? Yeah, that's my. I'm curious. Like, is it is this some sort of weird supernatural thing, or is this like some sort of like again a lighting effect that they're trying to kind of put across? You know, like like because embarrassed it, anime characters don't really have a big wet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't I don't know which which it is. I think it's real. I think it's mm-hmm. it's in canon because later on. Well, not to spoil too much of the episode, but someone mentions his eyes. Oh, oh yeah, he well, does. He does. Yeah, but the same thing that gets set. Well, we'll get to it when we get there. So Millie and Merrill are obviously worried about Vash. Vash is kind of trying to downplay it as usual. Right. You know, like I'll just stay here for the night. It's no big deal. We get a really odd scene, which again we talked about when we rewatched it. I don't understand it either. Uh, where Millie tries to start to say something, and she doesn't know how to say it. I guess so. She does this really weird thing where she raises, she gets super deformed, and she raises her arms over her head. Like, makes a giant O over her? I don't know. Said, it was something along the lines of, oh, it's nothing. I don't know if she was, like, making a zero, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Or I, it I was know. a really weird, I'm sure there's some sort of Japanese culture or reference yeah. there that we're not getting. Right. Um, you know, again, like, like I like your comment, you know, like, where's our pop-up, you know, try gun here when we need it? Like, right. that with yeah. Excel, the pop-up video. Right. Yeah, it was really weird. It was cute. Uh, even Meryl is confused by her actions, too. Like, she's, like, she's just, you know, like, what are you doing? Millie you know, being weird. Stop being weird. Yeah. But then a massive dude barges into the jail, and we get a really Punches again through. Pu- yeah, he does. And again, we get a really awesome bit of animation. You get the shadowy kind of effect. You see his cloak kind of floating all over, or jacket he's wearing. Just really, really cool. And he pursues. He proceeds to shoot the hell out of the place, and then we get the break card. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode, and welcome to The Break Card. I want to thank Thurk once again for being our special guest this week. Josh couldn't be here for this particular episode, and Thurk decided to come on down and get out of his editing mode and get into talking mode. I know he's got a lot of really interesting things to talk about. He's also been featured on a couple of episodes of Pwn Stars, another podcast on the Questionable Endeavor Network. So thank you once again to him. Uh, Speaking of the Questionable Endeavor Network, you can check out the Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com and join our Discord. We want more people to talk to on Discord. Uh, You can click it onto the website under the Contact Us section and sign up for free for our Discord. Next week's episode is going to be a clip episode, a.k.a. a blooper-sode, from Season 1, the second half. So we're going to kind of go back in time to excel, a time that I love very much. And bring you all of the bloopers in their unedited craziness. Don't forget to leave us reviews on iTunes. That's a great way for people to find us. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating or review. We'd really, really appreciate that. And don't forget that we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. Consider donating, even if it's a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. If we got... $3 $3 a month total in donations, I would be able to pay the fees for the website. It's it's that simple. So consider donating if you can. Uh, I want to close by saying real quick a hello to our super fan Matthew on Facebook who has been keeping us company. And I, I wake up every morning hoping to see more messages on our Facebook as he's listening through to our episodes. So, hey, Matthew, how's it going? Thanks for being a fan. If you want your name read here, you can leave us an iTunes review. You can become a patron or... Or, hey, you just can hang out on our social media and talk with us. We'd love to have conversations with you. Trust me, we're lonely people. All right, enough of my rambling. Let's head back to this week's episode. We come back from the break card, and the guy has Those basically... Those are advertisers, weren't they? they <laughs> I bought that mattress from that mattress company, an undie company. I can wear my underwear on that mattress. I was hoping for a bourbon sponsorship. Well, we're working on that. And I feel like I feel like if anything, we could get. I don't like sponsorships, but if we're going to get anything, it's going to be booze related, probably, or maybe like Crunchyroll or something. Like they, they well, yeah. we talk about Funimation a lot on here. So if Funimation wants to give us a kickback, I'm okay with that too. Anywho, we come back the from local sushi place. Oh uh, well, mm, sushi. <laughs> All I can think about is Frisky Dingo. Like, <laughs> Three piece, fourteen ninety nine. Great deal. <laughs> Back from the break card. This guy has completely blasted this place up. Uh, the assailant is a man in tight purple with heavy metal. I guess pistons coming out of his back. What the hell is going on with his back? 
I think that is the ammunition pack for the massive mounted Gatling guns that are on his wrist. Like his weird, like, ultra Mega Man arms? Yes, those things are amazing. Okay. They have the batteries to drive the, the Gatling mechanism. Well, the cables that go from the guns to the backpack do seem to be some sort of an ammo feed belt. Okay. But they could also carry power cables. Yeah, that some, is somebody's going to have to spin that thing. Yeah, for sure. One of the coolest things about Trigun is the attention to detail that they give to these villains and even to the heroes and like their weaponry. The decisions that they make, especially the weirder decisions, like characters like this, characters like Brilliant Dynamite Neon, characters like the first one in the episode who had the really big boomerang that had like the retracting thing, Nebraska Family. Was another yeah. one where like the, the rocket punch, the, the rocket punch. They're so unique and different. I just, I, I don't really. This is such a weird design. A lot of the weaponry is really beautiful. Yeah, and this one is is probably one of the most interesting. Mm-hmm. And and so we get this sort of again, like you described, like the big big Gatling gun arms. We get a really cool orange mask that covers most of his face. He says his name is Monev the Gale, and he's here to send Vash to hell. That is so. <laughs> Bad ass. You notice like, his mask had like weird saber teeth. Yeah, he kind of kind of did. It kind of very similar to that. Vash implores the girls to run away. Obviously, like like yeah. you should probably leave. Things are going to get really bad. Right about as Monev crashes through the wall and puts Vash in a chokehold and starts gloating about how easy this is. Pretty premature, right? I would say. Yeah. I, I think I think he's got a little ways to go still. I mean, he's been locked up for twenty years, so he doesn't have any idea what he's dealing. No, he doesn't. I mean, he knows Vash, at least, like, when Legato lets him out. He realizes the name and how important it is. But, yeah, no, he he, he thinks this is super easy. And he has no idea of the threat that is about to be faced with when little bitty gun comes out. I know. Yeah, I was about to say, Meryl, to Meryl's credit, you give Meryl a lot of crap sometimes. But she is a bitch sometimes. This is bold right here. No, absolutely. Like, she draws one of her little one-shot Derringers. Says, you know, hey, if you freeze, stop what you're doing. <laughs> I'll give her all the credit in the world. But she gets backhanded yeah. pretty mightily for her it trouble. It did take right? her some ginormous brass ones to oh, do that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is actually where we find out that Monev has actually been locked up for 20 years. Right. He says it here. And he counts down from five then. Says, we're going to finish you in five. And he starts counting down. But Millie jumps in, shooting her gun, which gives Vash just enough opportunity to break free. And make a run for it. And I love the quote that Monev gives here. He says, It's true what I was told about this guy. He's a complete chicken shit. <laughs> which, which fits the, the kind of perception, right, that Vash right. plays. Cause Vash, again, his thought, as we'll see in a few minutes, is not just saving himself and saving the girls. His bigger picture is saving the town. Right. Cause he knows that he just blew up this place. Things could get really bad. Right. And we get a really cool scene where Vash is running down the street. And the only thing he could think of is, I have to look like I'm scary. Like, right. I'm Vash the Stampede, the humanoid typhoon. I'm going to come and kill you all. So you need to go. And that's what he does. He runs down the street like, like get out of here or I'll shoot kind of thing throughout. Yeah. Was that, that what he was doing or was he doing more of a warning everybody? Like, get away from me. I'm a... Yeah. I mean... I, I have something I think, bad chasing me. But at the same time... I think he did... A, I think he did the Vash thing too where he was running and he's doing his crazy, you know, arms up in the air running. But he's also doing the Vash thing where he's clumsy, but he's also saving people at the same time. No, he definitely was doing that. Like, yeah. he, there's the one point where the guy has his head sticking out the window, like, what's going on? What's the commotion? And he runs by and accidentally, accidentally quote, hit, quote, like, quote, big yeah. giant air quotes, accidentally pushes the guy in the yeah. face and knocks him back in the window, yeah. right as uh, Monev comes behind him and blows up that window. I don't know if it was even accidentally he smacked him in the face or if it was just the easiest way to get his head out of the window. Yeah. Yeah. Because he picks up that old man and hucks him through a window. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa, he says. As he throws him onto a couch. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> but he does at one point, you know, he's like, you know, he plays the Vash card, you know, like, I'm, you know, stay away from me, you know, and, and you know, he, he talks about like, like, you know, get out of here or I'll shoot, you know, like there, there is a bit well, of yeah, something Yes. 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 I, I love, it's so Vash though. I love this most endearing thing about his character that he's doing everything in his power, life and limb, to make sure he saves those people. Right. Which I just, I love about his character. Monev gets ready to unleash on the whole town. And like, like you said, we get this whole series of him saving the people. Vash watches the destruction then as Monev literally unleashes a huge barrage of bullets. Um, and we get this really, again, beautifully animated with like kind of still frames and shadow work 
and even a scene where you see Vash's eye really close up and you see people flying uh, in the reflection of his eye, people getting gunned down and killed left and right. Which it's artistically absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. It is strange to say in a, a show that is largely hand-drawn that the lighting effects are really some of the... It is. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Very impressive. Throughout the series in general, Mm -hmm. but this episode in particular, very impressive. We've talked about in past episodes how this is one of those, around the time where we started to see hand-drawn anime start to slowly die out. Uh Like it was, like, like it was still done and will still be done for a couple of years, but like the CG type animation, uh, really started to take I think, a stronger hold uh-huh. in the genre. So, yeah, it is cool to see, like, all the attention to detail in this episode alone. It is like, amazing. Like, you can't though. imagine how much time and just forethought went into that. Like, how to animate that and how to change it up every time. Like, there's a lot, like, like they, they reuse the idea of the still shot, but every time it feels different, it feels unique. Right. Which I absolutely It doesn't like. feel lazy. Either. No. Not at all. Not like, I mean, again, we've talked about lazy animation, like, in Excel. Uh-huh. You know, and that's not even hand-drawn. So, like, you figured, like, what's the excuse there? Vash watches horrified. He rises amongst the rubble and just sees death around him everywhere. Yeah. Women, children, adults, everyone. A teddy bear. A teddy bear. That that scene with a teddy bear laying next to the kid, like, it was it was yeah. pretty freaky, actually. Yeah. And Motive starts gloating, because he doesn't see Vash at the time. He's like, ha ha, I beat you, I win, ha ha, you suck. Then he shot three times in the face. And yeah. if he didn't have that mask on... Yep. I'm not convinced that Vash, in his rage, was actually would have killed him. I believe so. Yeah, I, I think if, I think he was just lucky. That, I think like, that was the intention. That was just blind rage. That was blind rage. I'm going to shoot to kill, and this is the first time we've ever seen that out of Vash. Yep. Which yeah. is frightening. We get this again, beautifully animated scene where he's in the shadows. His eyes, like you said, are glowing this color, this kind of bluish whitish color. And then we get again. We can talk about it here. Uh, Monev says those eyes. It's like looking into the eyes of the Diablo. Which, this is what I was going to get at. Mm-hmm. Because he wouldn't necessarily have to have his eyes glowing for somebody to say that. Yes. He could just have a look in his eye. Yeah. And that's just shorthand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely it, right. It is very true. Mm-hmm. But, again, something is, I mean, Vash has snapped at this point. Mm-hmm. He's not the same person at all. And he's out to kill. Vash shoots one more time. Monev takes off. Uh, Millie and Meryl, we cut to them, they're searching the rubble, they find Vash, his back turned, he tells them to stay away, and Millie and Meryl kinda stand there wondering, like, what's, what's going on, he's not the same person, why is he acting this way? You know, Millie wants to help but doesn't know how, and they just kinda keep their distance, as he runs off. Monev apparently has also escaped, he's on top of a building recuperating, and he's got a bigger gun! Yes. Now. <laughs> Yeah. What would you call that thing? It appeared to be some sort of a shoulder-mounted torpedo launcher. Well, like it, was, it was a Gatling gun, just like the gauntlets were yeah. uh-huh. originally. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah, once he fired off the the Gatling pieces, then it had a rocket inside. Yes, that is true. It's crazy. It's it, what it is. It is it's massive. freaking nuts. Like, he's getting ready, like, to take Vash on. And Vash is in a bank and taking over a safe, and he's... He, you could see he's actually rigging something up. We'll mm-hmm. see it in like a few seconds, but like you could see a wire hanging from uh, like the door of the of the safe, and he's also trying to load his gun at the same time. He's got two shots left, yep. and he's shaking. He, he is. He's literally shaking. He's worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like any any other time we've seen the series, he's not actually worried. He's feigning worry sometimes. Right. Like, even when he's fighting against uh, Brilliant's Dynamite Neon, and he's been already been shot and hurt and injured. He never, I don't think he's ever really worried that he's actually going to be in that much danger. I think he, he, he realizes it a little bit. I don't think he's worried about danger here either. He's worried about everybody else's safety. Uh, that's less possible. I right. mean, that is possible. I, I think that, that definitely might be maybe Especially why he's shaking. Especially since a bunch of people have already died. That's true. So, like, that's maybe why he's, he's really shaken by it. Maybe he's just shaking from rage. That could also be true. true. Like he, he's he's from, barely holding little, it together. A little from column A, a little from yeah. column B. Yeah, he's, like, just in general barely holding it together yeah. at this point. Yeah, he's he's very visibly shaken by this. Uh, we cut to Monev, who calls his bluff by heading right into the, the bank. Vash is hiding behind the vault door. And sets off the explosions. We get a really cool well, scene. I don't think he's hiding behind the vault door. Because he, when we saw him before, we saw the vault door was open. Uh-huh. And when the explosion goes off... Oh, he's like... he's out. like, Oh, yeah, he's off to the side. He's off to the side. Yeah, because the vault door rolls straight out the front door. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's right. got it open at a 90-degree angle. 
so that when the explosion goes off, it blows it off its hinges and out the door. And oh, rolling. okay. You're right. You're right. Um, so Eko's flying, hits him. Vash is like sneaking around the side of it. We get this really cool shot of him, kind of like like half of his body. He shoots twice, makes both shots count, hits both sides of the thing that's mounted that allows him to hold on to that. So that goes flying. His gun is gone. Uh, and then apparently Monev is a complete badass and like Vash, he can count bullets because he is like, ha, now you're out of bullets. Right. Which, that is impressive. But he only has to count to six. Well, I yeah. guess. But, <laughs> but, I mean, he could have he other... 20 years to learn how. I mean, he could quick load, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they have those things where you quick load a, a six shot, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, he could have another one of those ready to go. But, yeah, he, he kind of pulls a bash there like a badass. We finally see, for the very first time officially, the full-on arm gun. Yes. We've seen it hinted at in the episode where Vash and Wolfwood were underground with that, like, ancient technology. The um, plant. Yeah, the plant. With all the robot guards. Yes. Where, like, you saw, where, where you saw Wolfwood running along and he's shooting Vash's gun, but yet Vash actually still manages to shoot these things, so yeah. we knew something was going on. We Takes see it. everywhere. And, and I love the animation. His arm was smoking. Yes. I love the animation we get here every time he uses his arm gun, because we see the wrapping around his arm just kind of, like, unravel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it just kind of, like... His arm was his fake arm or whatever, which, again, is really badass because he's so dexterous and does all these things with, with shooting. Obviously, he shoots with his other hand usually, but yeah. still really cool that he's able to be as good as he is. And unravels, drops down. It's a fake arm, and he shoots the hell out of him with this, like, kind of, I guess, little machine gun type yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a machine gun, I think. Yeah. Because it's got the the air-cooling ports around it. So. Right. And it sends Monev reeling. When Monev falls, did you guys catch, like, the back of his head when his mask comes off? There's, like, an exposed yeah. rain. Yeah. rain. Yeah. That's creepy as all hell. Like, that's an interesting kind of little bit of added thing there. So, yeah, that that, that creeped me out. Uh, Monev con- is confused, and Vash comes up, shouting about how he killed people, and he holds the gun against his his his, his right eye. Yeah, yeah. That has got to be literally the most unnerving thing that you can experience, like, one of the most unnerving things you can experience. Like, oh, yeah. Like, just just to have that. And I'm sure it's still warm, too. I'm sure it's still, you know, it's a smoking gun right to the eyeball. Uh, Monev starts begging for his life, but then Vash sees Rem, and she's in a field with him. And we get this conversation, and I wrote down parts of the conversation. Uh, she asks, are you awake now? And Vash says, yeah, but I was dreaming, Rem. Everything was so horribly dry, even people's hearts. How could pe- how could they keep on living? Talking about the people, you know, uh-huh. and like how the condition of the world and what it's in. Rem then laughs and says, "It's just that you're always so serious, even when you're dreaming. You'll turn into an old man very quickly if you keep on constantly pondering like that." I'm excited that the ticket I was handed at birth is completely over. So he has this sort of moment of like he's ready to kill Monev, but then he remembers these words, you know, that like you you basically saying. She says her life is all her own decision. She can make her own choices to make what is the, are the morally right decisions. So he has a moment of crisis where he stops. He pulls back, and he chooses not to shoot and kill Mona. Millie and, and, and Marilyn are in the background, and he literally starts crying. He says, you know, this is all I can do. And again, it's an emotional scene. It's, it it's really an emotional scene because, like, he wants to kill. And, like, you know, as an audience, you almost kind of want him to kill Monev. Like Not he's, almost. He, I mean, you like, want to see Monev hurt. You want, yeah, you want to see Monev die, but he can't do it. He literally, you see tears run down his gun arm. And he says, if I shot him now, he really would die. She really would die. Does that really say? Or you really would die. Really? He was referring to Rim. Oh, really? I didn't that, catch that. That was my understanding. Was really? He was, dealing, he was talking about Rim and oh. that her ideals, the stuff she yeah. wanted. Oh, I guess I didn't, didn't read it that or listen to it that way. I guess I heard he. Interesting. No, that, that even adds to it. That's really mm-hmm. cool. He says, it would be wrong to shoot him, right? And we end the episode. Right. That's it. Kind of a cliffhanger end. But yeah, that is episode 12 of Trigun Diablo. Things got serious really, really quick. Uh, next week, if episode 13, which is titled Vash's Stampede, aka Clip Show, aka we're not reviewing it, we're just gonna do a clip episode. So, so let's do what we normally do and talk about what we thought. Thurk, you are a special guest. You said this is the first time you've seen this anime in like 10, 12 years. Yes. Um, what were your thoughts jumping in at this episode and, and, and maybe even talk about your thoughts on Trigon overall because we haven't had a chance to really talk about that. The first time I watched Trigon, I watched it to tell you how long ago this was. It was on VHS mm-hmm. and 
I watched it over the course of two days, all however many episodes. Yeah, twenty six episodes. Twenty six episodes. Yeah. And I broke that up into two chunks. It was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. It, it takes you to all the different emotional places you need to go. It really does. It has its high points of action in, in, in almost every episode. It's mm-hmm. kind of the the shtick. But it also has those those low points where you're almost crying because mm-hmm. you feel so bad for some of these characters. Coming back into the show at this episode mm-hmm. is probably the episode I would want to come back into it. Uh-huh. Because this is where the show gets to some of my favorite parts. Where before in the show you get a lot of silliness, you get a lot of a little slapstick here and there, mm-hmm. and a little bit of character development. But after this, you get to really dig deep into the emotions of the characters and what drives them. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite part of any show, any story, any book, period. And mm-hmm. this show does it very well. Nice. Good. Bill, thoughts on this episode? Well, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly with Thurk that we got a lot of character building. We got to know who our perspective characters were. We got to know who the badass was. Mm-hmm. We got to know who the foil to the badass was. Yeah. And now, for the first time, really, we see a real supervillain. We do. Not just a bad guy, not just somebody with a plan. Even like you said, BDN was just sort of an He's extravagant... A gangster. Yeah, gangster, a uh, an anti-hero, mm-hmm. but not a villain. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, everything gets ratcheted up. It's cool to see, you know, Bash really unload. Mm-hmm. See what he's actually capable of doing. Right. Yeah. We got a little bit of that with Nebraska, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But he didn't shoot anybody three times in the face. No, no, he did not. <laughs> he did not. Uh, so yeah, this this episode was one that I had forgotten how intense it was when I thought of this episode. And I started watching it again uh, today, earlier today. I got to the part where you know he's running around with the suction like ball in his mouth and the really super deformed tongue and like. All these kind of moments, and I'm like, oh, man, I remember how funny these things are. And I was laughing out loud at these things. But then Legato comes in, and things, and he grabs that little girl's head. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is getting really, really serious. And I think that really does, from this point on, very different show. There's going to be comedy still, but a lot of what we talk about is going to be very serious. And obviously <laughs> we'll find as many dick jokes as we can possibly throw in there. Yo. But, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's but, you, Bill. But, I mean, this episode was intense, and it really kept my attention from beginning to end. I think Monev is a really interesting character. I think he's one of the more interesting of the of the villains that we get coming up. But, just a good episode overall. I just, I, the, I cannot stop talking enough about the art in this episode. Right. They definitely stepped up the art in they this did. episode. They did. Completely. Totally beautiful. So, I would not skip this one. Watch this one many, many times. Uh, Alright, so that is our review of episode 12 of Trigun Diablo. Anything else, guys, that we need to talk about before we close it up? I've got nothing. I do want to thank Thurk. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's my uh, pleasure. It's, it's, you know, the, the tagline is three dudes, so we got three dudes, and I right. appreciate that. Uh, especially your perspective. It's nice to get a perspective every once in a while, get someone who, you know, just kind of see what they think of the episode. And has a lot of really good things to say. And, and thank you. about a fucking cat. And no, oh, I, I forgot. There was a scene with Kuro and Ekosama when they're playing dodgeball. All right, there yes. you go, Josh. That's for you. Uh, and no senpai in this episode. So it's a fitting in that here. Right. Oh, it would have been an episode without him saying it. Uh, he probably no, spent the no, whole time, no, no, no. like, he probably would have been wanting him. Yeah, the whole time. I, I almost referred to Meryl as my senpai. Just, just to <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I, I do want to thank you as well. Um, again, for those that don't have any, Picked up on it yet. Thurk is doing the behind the scenes editing. The stuff that I did for the first year and I gladly did it, but it also ate up a lot of time. So thank you again, Thurk, for everything you do. You're amazing. It is my pleasure. Thank you. All right. So that is this episode. And I believe, Thurk, you need to take us out. Do I need to take you yes. out? Yes. Are we going to dinner? I think so. <laughs> Where are we going? Uh, Sushi. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. I've been Thurk. <laughs> He's been. He's not anymore. He won't be after this. Uh, well, I mean, he maybe won't be. Uh, my name is Andy. This is Bill. And we will see you guys next time. What? Josh usually does a bye-bye thing that I can't do. Oh, the ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, the Slasher Sanitarium, Pwn Stars, and our brand new show, New Blood Rising. I was handed on the day of my birth was completely open. The choices we make in life have unlimited possibilities. All I can do is think about them. shoot him, right?